Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, uh, at this early stage of the college football season, uh, I'd like to announce here that I am ready to buy tickets to a major college football contest located in a bold stadium in a major metro area of a uh, typically warm state. Um, And that that usually involves elite teams, but not always. I, 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 I don't know what you could possibly be talking about. Well, I'm referring to the the OU Texas game at the Cotton Bowl. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. You, you see, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're thinking of some other game that that might oh, be yeah, impossible. Yeah, that's that's uh, next weekend, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be my first time. Won't be spending way too much money on it, and we dare not speak of any other bold stadiums at this point. Though I don't actually believe in jinxing anything. I've talked with friends about. Uh, how my inner monologue is already getting ahead of myself with this gopher season and where it might go. But we don't have to make that an outer monologue until at least they, you know, string together a couple more wins, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm right with you. We're not going to spend just a ton of time talking about the games that happened this past weekend, other than the gophers, uh, but just to go through the big 10 schedule as we always do. Illinois beat up on, uh, well, look at that, UT Chattanooga. We were just talking about Chattanooga off-air, um, but they beat UT Chattanooga 31-0. Michigan uh, beat Maryland 34-27 in a game that I did not pay any attention to uh, other than to look at the story every so often and go, huh, that's a lot closer than it should have been. Penn State beat Central Michigan 33-14. Indiana played Cincinnati and lost 45-24. Iowa got the over against Rutgers via defensive scores, won uh, 27-10. Northwestern continues to spiral, losing 17-14 to Chuck Martin's Miami. Hey, they might get a new stadium. Yeah, they might. Um, it. I don't imagine the people of Evanston will be down with that idea. Certainly not with the idea of hosting concerts. I don't. I don't think they're. I think the people of Evanston would get it. Would would give you a, the the evil eye if like you put a stereo on your porch. Yes, I having been there many a time, I can probably agree. But we'll see. That uh, that big that that big revenue, those tax dollars. I who knows? We'll see. Well, I mean, it's all going to be funded by the Ryan family. Oh. You know how it is. Yep. Ohio State did what they were supposed to do and beat Wisconsin 52-21. And then a very banged-up Purdue, whom we will talk about uh, in good detail later, just beat FAU by two. FAU had a chance at a two-point conversion. In fact, they had a very open guy in the end zone on a uh, halfback pass and you know halfbacks aren't trained to pass and it was a very very poor pass that was intercepted uh so the boilers got out of that and um those are all the other big 10 games but and and the only game from around the country i want to talk about here is involving uh the team who is on my hoodie right now the texas tech red raiders (laughs) who uh beat those evil cows from Austin, 
37 to 34 in overtime. Texas is not back, it appears. I managed to avoid this store the entire way through the Jofer game, and I'm very glad I did. I would have liked to have seen more of some of the evening games, but honestly, this was a highlight of the uh, the, the tech football fan experience post-Leach, because uh, there have not been a whole lot of fun times over the last decade plus. It was anytime tech beats Texas in anything, it's a high for me. Uh, I I really hate the Longhorns. And as I've been over on this very podcast before, um, and this is the first time Tech beat Texas in Lubbock since November 1st, 2008. Um, so this is a, uh, a big, big moment, one that was especially uh, good for me in terms of believing in Joy McGuire's program because he went for it on fourth down eight times. Wow. Wow, the young Dan Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're probably the Trump. Actually, Dan Campbell's probably younger if I'm thinking about it. Uh, they're probably about the same age. I'm not really sure, but McGuire went for it a few times against NC State, got criticized when it turned out poorly, and then he went back and did it even more. Um, and they converted six of them, and they do not win that game if they do not go for it on fourth down so much. So Joey's the guy. UT sucks. Great, great football weekend in my opinion you gotta feel pretty good like i know we're not going to talk extensively about texas tech i guess i mean you probably could but you feel pretty good about the season i mean you've already you've beaten two i mean i know houston probably isn't exactly what we thought they were that's two pretty solid wins for a program you didn't think would you know have that kind of year the loss to nc state doesn't look bad it's certainly no they've certainly played well enough against a very good team so, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about, you know, all your, your showings in pretty much every game this year. Yeah, and there, there are things to quibble with about the Texas game in terms of quality of play. I don't know if you've heard, but B. John Robinson is very good. Yes. Um, and he looked a bit better than he probably should have even um, against Tech. Just the run defense was not holding up real well. There, there were a couple issues. And Donovan Smith... Runs very hot and cold at quarterback. Uh, and as long as he is in, which I don't know if that'll stay once Tyler Shock returns. I, I love his style of play, his effort, how how uh, how tough a runner he is, how willing he is to, to lead block and everything. But also, uh, you know, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad with him. I believe SP Plus or whatever Bill Connolly's uh, measurement of this said Tech had a about a 2% post-game win probability based on their performance. It's a it's still a an iffy team, you know. The goal was just make it to a bowl, have some proof of concept, have a fun time. And they've done that uh, aside from making the bowl, obviously. And there are games that are still winnable ahead of them because the Big 12 is pretty mushy right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good, good so far. Do we want to talk about the other team I care about that uh, that's starting things off pretty well? Are you talking about our Gophers? That we are, yeah. Yes. Then let's 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 talk talk away. Oh my gosh, what a win! <laughs> what a crazy 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 week. And not crazy, not crazy. It's actually not crazy at all. It was highly methodical, dominant, if you will. Just kind of crazy that we didn't expect it to be that. 
dominant, certainly. We hoped for a win, but I mean, I don't remember what we said. I mean, we thought it'd be pretty close, if even even in a even in an optimistic scenario. I, I don't think either of us in our wildest dreams would have imagined that we would win basically 34 to nothing, or 34 to seven, and with a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I predicted Michigan State would win the game. Uh, this is a, a a good bit beyond what I expected. I thought, you know, I, I, any any football game you watch, you know, turnovers, one team picks on a weakness, especially badly, you know, that can work itself out in their favor, lead to a blowout win, special teams weirdness, all that. But we only really got Minnesota attacking that secondary over and over again. Um, And then once Michigan State got tired of that uh, and started playing more two safety looks, not quite focusing on the run as much, then then the running game got going and there wasn't really anything the Spartans could do to stop anything um, that the Gophers were doing. It was, you, you used the word methodical. I think that is the word that best represents that offensive performance from Minnesota this past weekend. Yeah, just up, up and down the field. You know, it was explosive in ways, but just, just, cons- just consistent, just, just consistent gashing. Twenty-three of twenty-six was uh, Tanner Morgan's line. Um, ended up, you know, he, he didn't throw deep really at all. Uh, it was. Let me pull up the passing chart real quick. Uh, just three attempts beyond 20 yards, um, completed two of them, which is, you know, something, but he was just repeatedly attacking that 10 to 15 yard area, the slants, um, the, the crossers. He, he, um, it was, uh, it was just an area of the field that, I mean, you figure Michigan state knew that. He was going to attack, but he kept doing it, and he checked down pretty smartly, did not let the pass rush get to him, uh, the degree to which there was a pass rush. Uh, and, you know, he, he did exactly what you want him to do in this offense. He just he ran the offense. He did it well. He took care of the ball, didn't put it in harm's way. There was not, you know, he, he had three incompletions. I don't think any one of them he could say he put the ball in harm's way here. He, he did everything, and then it really helped that, you know, he ran for a couple first downs on passing downs, and also Muhammad Ibrahim remains basically a full-on king tiger in your backfield. And I would also add the receivers made a lot of great catches. I think that, you know, uh, Mike Mike and Daniel and Dan, I mean, I know the, the part of the narrative is that they really spread it around, but not only did they spread it around, but everybody was making plays. You know, I mean, really, you know, some not. I mean, a contested catch. It's like every catch was contested, but they, they, they were, they were, they, they, they made plays. You know, um, and it was just, it was just a really, really balanced, really, really dominant performance in a way that I think really is really encouraging if you've watched this team, you know, for the last several years as we have, and you, you, the listener, have. You know, I, I was really doubtful that they would uh, spread the ball out as much as they did. Um, and they proved me wrong in that regard. I I, I, I saw them, <clears throat> you know, uh, flex site how many targets that Clay Deary and Dalen Wright were getting in the first few games. And I was like, I mean, that's great. But, like, those are all 
you know, in moments where you're already up by three touchdowns, like how much does that count for anything? And here in this game, we, we've got Dalen Wright involved on the first drive, Nick Calrup catching a touchdown, Clay Deary making plays, you know, even Lamecki Brockington getting a catch while things are still competitive. I think 14 nothing at the point of his catch. They used everyone. They deserve a lot of credit for that, uh, especially because, like I said, this is not something they do a lot. You know, uh, since they've been more willing to pass after that 2017 season where they had one receiver and one receiver only, it's basically been you got three or four guys, and those are the ones who are getting any targets. And uh, this is basically the ideal of what this offense will, will look like. But obviously, we do have to give credit to the defense here as well. Yes, yes. yes. Top, top-ranked defense in college football, depending on who you ask. Well, I mean, I don't care about per-game stats, especially when, you know, Colorado, Western Illinois, and New Mexico State are three of those teams there. But also, I mean, they're, I believe, fifth in uh, defensive SP Plus right now, um, which is opponent-adjusted, does incorporate preseason projections still pretty significantly at this point, and they're fifth. They did an excellent job. Obviously, they didn't have to defend the run very much, um, but you got a whole lot out of your cornerbacks in space here, these one-on-one tackles. Justin Wally looked great, and uh, you know Terrell Smith did his job as well. There's a moment in the first half, or in the, in the second half on Michigan State's first drive of that half where it seemed like they were trying to mess with the linebackers a bit, get them in some one-on-ones, make them chase to the sideline. And that's something you'll have to look out for in future games. But, um, you know, Thomas Rush got you a turnover there right up against the goal line. And uh, the rest of the game, you shut them down entirely, at least until the backups came in. So seeing all this, how does this adjust your perspective on this team? I'm still in a bit of a wait and see, but this was by far an A plus exceeding any expectations that we had for this game. I don't I don't think I could I don't think it could have moved the needle for me any more than it did, is I guess the way I would I would say it. I I think you know, we're pretty much going to be favored in every game but the Penn State game. I mean, if we if we keep anything like this up, I think that the most encouraging thing was what you talked about, the spreading and the spreading it out, you know, getting our receivers involved, making plays in the in, in the air. I mean, just the fact that we can do that and seeing that play out like that. I know Michigan State has a weak pass defense last year and probably this year. There's still Big Ten athletes, though, as everybody's, you know, pointing out. I mean, that's still it's not. It's not easy to go 23 for 26 against anybody, let alone a Big Ten defense. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you can get even a, a bit of that, um, you know, assuming Mo is, 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 you know, can stay healthy, which it sounds like he is, you know, at least this week. Yeah, just that balance on offense. That, that, is, that, is, that is so, so encouraging. And, I mean, as far as the outlook for the season goes, yeah, I mean, you should. Based on the way you've played, you, you are the rightful favorites at this point in the West. You know? And that's just – that's – do I want to say it's my expectation? I probably lean that way now more than I, more, more than I lean against it. Um, it's, it's hard to – you know, it's hard to verbalize and, you know, to put out there. But, man, they just, they just played phenomenally. And, like I said, Michigan State – flawed team but you know it was wasn't they weren't colorado they weren't they aren't western illinois 
You know, they aren't uh, they aren't the the fighting Jerry kills. You know, so we'll see how we play in some of these games upcoming. Again, I'm not ready to anoint anybody, but I, you, you literally could not have you could not have played better in these first four games. You just could not have. No, you 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 really couldn't. Um, if I remember correctly, FPI says it's about a three and four chance the Gophers win the division at this point, which is higher than I'd go. I still fear the Badgers, but I also still am kind of in the the same boat where I I, I feel more confident in their ability to win the West than I have been maybe at any point. Um, since following this team. This is an exceptional start, uh, obviously against unexceptional competition, and obviously with plenty of time to have weird things happen, to have injuries, um, for them to abandon the adaptability they showed this past weekend, or for PJ Fleck to screw something up as a game manager. Um, Or maybe for meteors to strike i don't know there's time for this to get screwed up somehow uh, but for the time being just as a fan i'm really really excited with how things are going i am very ready for this saturday and uh i'm already circling that wideout game on another level than i probably already mentally was because that could be the different i mean uh, the, the the two words that um you know I guess we will continue not saying here about uh, certain destinations in Southern California. That's very much on the table here. Um, And it's not absurd to acknowledge that. Uh, I I hope everyone has fun with this because this could be a really, really fun year. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly setting itself up though. And yeah, that whiteout, that's gotta be, I mean, if we, if both teams kind of went out, I mean, that's game day, right? Has to be. I'd think so. I mean, it's a night game. Uh, hasn't been assigned a uh, a network yet, so I would imagine there's a, a significant chance. You know, what I well, let's let's look at what's on the schedule in week uh, week eight. Um, just in the Big Ten, which I imagine will get one of the. Okay, they're probably just going to Columbus for the big noon game. They play Iowa. Um, this is how it tends to go. Although in the Big 12, yeah, it's it's going to be in the, the, the Fox Big Noon game is going to be Iowa, Ohio State, most likely. So, I mean, not that game day is unafraid of going to um, Fox or CBS covered games, but uh, I do feel like it increases the odds significantly that they would go for a 630 kickoff on ABC. And for the record, Penn State. And we're allowed to look ahead. We're not the players or the coaches. We're allowed to do this. Uh, Penn State's next two games, home against Northwestern, and then on the road at Michigan um, after a bye week. That'll be tough. That will be tough. So it's no guarantee that uh, they'll be undefeated. But, oh, I do want to say after the Minnesota game, Penn State hosts Ohio State. That is tough. That is exceedingly tough. Sean Clifford, I don't know if I believe in you, but but God bless. Um, I don't I don't know how much I I totally believe in him, but I do also want to say look out for Drew Aller. Look out for Drew Aller. <laughs> if Cl- Clifford is is not gonna lose this job unless he gets hurt, but look out for Drew Aller in case he does. 
Um, but anyway, there is a game this Saturday involving the Dofers we need to talk about. Yes. Um, a, sneak, a, a, sneak, a, sneak, a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky game against a team that regularly does up, makes it frustrating for people in our position. Yes, they usually screw things up for people, it seems. See Michigan State last year, see Iowa a couple years ago, see Ohio State all the way back in, what, 2018 that was? Yeah, it's happened a couple times, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the I, I, I think, you know, the spoiler makers thing gets a bit overblown, um, but the reality is they're just a, a very competent team and has pretty consistently been competent at playing the specific style that they play that isn't really like what other teams in this conference do unless they have really, really great athletes. Um, and they don't have exceptional athletes the way Ohio State does, but they throw the ball a ton, as we all know. Um, it's Jeff Brom's sixth year in charge of Purdue. They're only two and two um, with losses by four to Penn State and then by three to Syracuse, who might be decent this year. Interesting storyline to follow. Um I uh, did not watch the Indiana State game because what are you going to get out of their 56 nothing win over a bad Missouri Valley team? Or are they Ohio Valley? Uh, yeah. Whichever they are. Um, but I did watch at least chunks of uh, – I, I watched all of the Penn State and FAU games and then chunks of the Syracuse game. The key thing to talk about first is the fact that Purdue is not healthy right now. Yes. In pretty significant ways, they're missing Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, who uh, is I, w- I would say we'll categorize him as questionable. Um, for a few guys, uh, Brom said, "quote We'll see later in the week," which we'll call questionable. Um, I don't think O'Connell is the best quarterback in the division. I don't know who is, but I don't think it's him. I'm still kind of underwhelmed by his ability to go downfield, but he does offer a downfield threat much more than their backup Austin Burton does. Burton did pretty okay against FAU, um, but he attempted exactly one pass beyond 20 yards. What is notable, though, is uh, he's fairly mobile. Um, They had some design quarterback runs. They ran some speed option, which is something that is 100% not in the playbook when O'Connell is in the game. There, there hasn't really been a Purdue quarterback under Brom that can run the ball at all. And it looks like Burton will be able to do so. There is theoretically the possibility of Michael Alamo getting a few snaps or Michael Alamo getting a few snaps as well. Um, but he's only attempted seven passes all year. And I believe a few of those were in garbage time. So I would think he is the least likely quarterback that we see on Saturday. You do got to worry about uh, the receivers as always. I don't think that this guy is on the level of David Bell or Rondale Moore, but Charlie Jones is very good. Putting up numbers. That's for sure. He's putting up some serious numbers. I think he still leads FBS in catches with 41. He returns kicks and punts for them. He gets the ball near the line. He gets the ball deep whenever they do go deep you know he gets the ball everywhere and will be a threat everywhere um he is the focus of their offense 
um, and should therefore be the focus of the Gophers defense. Uh, you do have to worry about Payne Durham, their tight end, who, you know, he's still he, there, still there after a really long time, still there. Uh, caught 45 passes last year is up to 17 this season. Very much uh, security blanket type tight end. Get those short intermediate throws over the middle. Uh, was it him who hurdled a guy last year? I believe so. I could be wrong, though. I think it was, um, but I admit I did not go back and rewatch that uh, game between these two teams last year. So their their offense, obviously, it's a bunch of quick throws to the flats, some some swing passes to the running backs we'll get to, but you can kind of see some defined roles between their pass catchers. Um, TJ Sheffield has gotten a few deep targets this year, even though that wasn't really his job as much last year. Um, Mershon Rice is averaging, uh, let me just do some Twitch mental math, 18 yards per catch, only five catches though. And then Tyrone Tracy, their second Iowa transfer after Jones. They use him basically like they use the running backs. Um, he's gotten four carries on the year, but also uh, he lines up in the backfield a lot. He's often the guy they have coming around on those swing routes out of the backfield, trying to make some guys miss in the flat. Um, you need to, you know, basically treat him as as you would uh, a quicker running back. Um, on the subject of their running backs, they're down King Dover right now. I feel like he's gotten injured a significant amount in his college career. Yeah, he's pretty tough when he's in, if I'm remembering correctly. He's always been kind of a sneaky good against us. But, yeah, no, he's had a lot of injuries. Um, so at, at running back right now, we'll see mostly Dylan Downing and Devin Mockaby. Um, Downing, he's six foot two ten. So, you know, the, Purdue likes their bigger running backs and he qualifies. Uh, he accelerates a bit, bit, a bit better than their other options. He's up to 5.1 yards per carry this year, got a couple touchdowns. Um, but I'm actually pretty impressed by Devin Mockaby, who is a walk-on. Uh, but he's got some really good vision. He breaks tackles. He's only 195 pounds, but FAU had a lot of lot of trouble tackling him he knows how to find gaps and i think he's got some significant talent there they they may have something in him and then you'll also see toby lewis a little bit 511 220 much more of the typical power back central michigan transfer not explosive at all but uh kind of tough to bring down um Still figuring out exactly what their offensive line is i am not too high on it they will be down uh the right tackle can trade for a consecutive game, um, but they do have some experience. Gus Hartwig has been around for a very long time as a, their starting center. Um, but uh, the, the, the offensive line, their, their game is kind of around making sure the offensive line isn't really part of things, you know, because of how quickly they get rid of the ball. So the blueprint is kind of going to be what it's going to be every time you play Purdue, which is, your eye discipline has to be important. Deal with all that motion and the, the play action they'll throw at you from time to time. And uh, more than anything, you've got to be able to make tackles one-on-one. Your DBs have to be on it, which uh, fortunately we did just see a game where the defensive backs were able to do that. 
And then when uh, when you have the ball, I think you need to throw it. This is going to be one another one of those games where the opposing secondary looks pretty um, vulnerable. We'll say they they're missing their best player right now in Jalen Graham, the nickelback. Um, another questionable player at the moment, along with Reese Taylor, a uh, an Indiana transfer at cornerback. Um, but they had some pretty significant problems tackling against Penn State. Uh, I think if Nikosi Perry was more accurate, FAU probably would have won that game based on the looks that he got, the open receivers he was seeing downfield. I, I think they're they're pretty weak there. In fact, they're they're allowing uh, 13.1 yards per completion this year, which is 111th in FBS. So um, they haven't had much of a pass rush in the post-Karloftis era, the post-George Karloftis era, I should say. Yanni Karloftis, his younger brother, is on the team, but he doesn't really play at all. I am not convinced you'll be able to run the ball super well. Their linebackers, their defensive line have done a pretty good job on interior runs, even if uh, they aren't very good dropping in the coverage. And um, it looks like Branson Dean at defensive tackle might be someone you have to worry about in terms of penetrating the line. But um, in the interest of kind of wrapping things up here, throw the ball, do so early, seek early kill shots. Brom in his press conference this week specifically noted the importance of getting ahead early against a team like Minnesota, a team that obviously likes to sit on the ball, likes to get it to the ground game as quickly as possible. And I think, you know, you've got the guys up front to probably be able to run decently enough, but they're more vulnerable on the outside, uh, specifically in the back. So I think that's what you got to take advantage this week. Vegas, as of uh, yesterday at least, had a 12-point spread in favor of Minnesota, which seems excessive to me. Um, but the computers really like Minnesota right now. FPI, 80% chance of the Dofers winning. SP plus, 77% chance. FVI, 85% chance. Massey, 71 and uh, 530, 73% chance of the Dofers winning. And then uh, CFB drafts up to 84.3% chance of a Minnesota victory. Projections average out to something like 20 to 31, somewhere around there. Um, I think we have to kind of make a with O'Connell, without O'Connell distinction here, depending on you know which one it is. Uh, what do you think the store is going to be probably? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think with O'Connell, I'm 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 pretty optimistic right now. I'm gonna say 28-17. I think it, I think I think we will probably. I don't think we're just gonna destroy them like we destroyed Michigan State again. I just don't think that happens very often, even if we are as good as we think we could be. But I think I think we'll get ahead, and I think it'll be comfortable without O'Connell. Maybe add add points because we'll have the ball more, and you know, just that. So maybe 35 to 14 without O'Connell. I, I I don't without him I have a really with, with him I think there's a they, you know they have a pretty good shot but without him I just I just don't think there's I don't think there's enough there I I don't I don't believe in the backup enough to to give them a very solid shot against the against the Gophers team that has played very well on both sides of the ball. 
Yeah, that's more or less where I'm at. I, I don't think Burton's awful, and we've seen Purdue replace their quarterback a few times over the years and what still— O'Connell at times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, in uh, in 2019, I think they played Sindelar, Plummer, and O'Connell all in one year. So, uh, I mean, they, they, they know how to get guys in there who know how to run the system, and it helps that— these are fairly easy throws, but at the same time, if you can't, if you're not getting explosive plays from, you know, you're, you're like, they, again, Charlie Jones, he's really good, but he's not Rondale Moore, you know, he's not going to create explosive plays consistently all by himself. And if your running backs aren't that explosive, even if they are tough, like you, you, you need the quarterback to be able to hit those throws. And it just doesn't seem like they trust uh, Burton to do that. So I'm going to say with O'Connell 28 21 in favor of the Gophers, without O'Connell 31 14 in favor of the Gophers. I, I just, you know, um, I, I this will be probably tricky, but ultimately, this is a really good team we're watching here. Yeah. So kickoff is 11 o'clock on ESPN2. Weather, uh, low 60s at kickoff should rise to 70, partly cloudy, uh, winds about 8 miles per hour. Anish Shroff and Brock Osweiler will be on the call for ESPN there. The Big Ten games happening this weekend. Uh, Michigan goes to Iowa, 11 o'clock on Fox. Illinois plays Wisconsin and Madison, 11 o'clock on BTN. 2.30 slate, Michigan State, Maryland on FS1, and Rutgers, Ohio State on BTN, as well as Northwestern Penn State on ESPN. And then the night slot, 6.30 on BTN, Indiana, Nebraska. Um, there isn't a lot in the evening slate, I'll say, but I think there are a lot of really interesting games, especially in the 11 o'clock window this week. Yeah, 11 o'clock window, I was going to say, is is huge. Pretty much every game... I was just say pretty much, well, mo- yeah, most of them are pretty good. Um, you know, Michigan and Iowa is uh, going to be ugly, but, you know, that has potential to not be terrible. Uh, but Kentucky Ole Miss could be real good. Uh, Oklahoma TCU, the Illinois-Wisconsin game is more interesting than it probably looks at the beginning of the year. And then Tech at Kansas State, obviously. I mean, that's – I mean, the early slot, you know, even going down into the the, the, the noon and the 1 o'clock and the 2.30, I mean, those are all – those are all games that have the potential to be really, really good. I mean, we're definitely in, you know, conference season now. Yeah, I, I think Kentucky-Mississippi might be the best, the best game of the weekend, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched – I've watched Kentucky this year – um, I always say that Will Levis can throw the ball far because he can, uh, but Ole Miss has played very, very well. Uh, and I think is like a slight favorite in this game. Uh, they haven't really, I guess they played Tulsa, but this will be their first real challenge. So yeah, that'll be a great, uh, could be a great SEC game. Um, I regret deeply uh, that Oregon State, Utah is on the Pac-12 network this weekend because that looks really good. Yeah, Oregon State played very well last week. And this looks like a really good year in the Pac-12, uh, just in general. I mean, Arizona State is probably going to go in the tank. Um, but after that, you know, obviously Colorado is terrible. But, like, I, I think there are 10 at 
least respectable teams in this conference right now, depending on whether you you consider not trash fire Arizona respectable. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, even just looking at the top, I mean, Oregon has looked, you know, pretty, pretty good recently. You know, Wazoo, you know, that was a very good game this weekend, but Wazoo's definitely up. Um, you know, SC is up. U- UCLA is probably up. Washington's probably up, although we'll find more about more about those teams. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good conference this year, certainly at the top. Is there anything you will be watching in the afternoon? Uh, yes, because I don't, I, I don't have anything, uh, I don't have anything scheduled. So yes, I will, I would, I would be watching even if there was nothing to watch. Um, I'd say Wake at Florida State. I watched a little bit of Wake, uh, Clemson last week, and boy, Hartman can can sling the sling the darn rock. So I would expect them to win in this game. I would guess they're favored, but you know, Florida State got a quarterback of their own. That's uh, they're 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 they're, they're better than expected. I don't think I'll watch Iowa State at Kansas, but you know, Kansas is still undefeated, and that is a, that you know that is that is a story. Um, other than that, uh, there's a couple others. I don't think Arkansas will hang with Bama, but they're good enough that it's possible. The Rutgers, uh, the Rutgers season that we 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 foresaw the the mediocrity that was potential seems to not be. This, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously Oklahoma State at Baylor is a ranked uh, ranked matchup. I don't know enough about either of those teams to feel really excited either way, but. Yeah, and there's a few others that are good too, but it's a very, very good slate, especially in the morning and afternoon. Yeah, I, I think things kind of wind down a bit in the evening. This might be a really good week to look for a good undercard. You know, and NC State at Clemson has potential, but I'm not certain. LSU Auburn is always just a freaky mess, but like, you know, they, they aren't good teams. West Virginia at Texas, another two teams who aren't very good i mean texas is probably pretty good but you know they, they clearly uh have some problems uh, you know the longer that yours is injured yeah i i'm not really seeing a game that's super uh, just like seizes my attention or anything uh, i hate liberty but liberty odu like theoretically would be interesting as far as a matchup in that conference i don't know I do think there's a potential in the the late slot. Um, Stanford is bad, uh, but they're trying to be slightly less boring, and uh, you know I've had not quite success with with that um, goal so far this year. But they're uh, they're going to go up against Oregon, and that could be worth watching. Uh, Arizona State USC 9:30 on ESPN maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, um, I'm up. Maybe. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the Mountain West is a little bit down, so I don't know if I – well, they don't even have a late game at San Jose State, Wyoming. At 6.30 is the latest they go. Um, we do have some games that have been moved around because of the hurricane. So Sunday, Eastern Washington, Florida will be at 11 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus, and then SMU, UCF will be at noon uh, on a yet undetermined ESPN network that day. There have also been a couple of games moved up to Thursday, but I don't think there's been anything so far that's, you know, uh, something to mark your calendars for. 
Washington at oh no, that's Friday. Never mind. Never never mind. I always thought that was Thursday. No, it's well, Friday. I mean, if you're if you're not going to the game Saturday and don't need to wake up, then uh, I would definitely tune in to Washington UCLA just to get a better gauge of where those two teams are. Yeah, definitely. And Tulane at Houston is better than we thought it would be, probably. Houston's a little down. Tulane's a little up. Why not? Yeah, I uh, I, I agree. Both both two teams are always interesting to look at. Have we missed anything else? Um, no. On Friday, there's also UTSA and and the, the suddenly surging uh, Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, that that is actually uh, we did overlook that one. I I actually probably would recommend tuning into that because I had kind of written off the whole Rick Stock still experience, and uh, here they are destroying Miami in Miami. That's one of those outcomes that you know it's funny when a team it's funny when Nebraska loses by three, but Miami losing getting just shellacked. That it was not on my bingo card. It was not on my bingo card whatsoever. I that's really out of nowhere and really kind of brilliant. I think. Yeah, I uh, I was not expecting that, and uh, even even as someone who doesn't think a lot about Miami, yeah. I mean it, it's inherently funny. But anyway, we're going to enjoy our football weekends. Next week we're gonna have a review of the Purdue game, and uh, we'll record a preview of Illinois that will go up the following week. Um, because I'll be out of town and occupied the week leading up to the Illinois game. Um, but we hope everyone has a, a good weekend and uh, takes care of themselves. And is there any other thing we need to mention here? Uh, no, go football. Go football. Have a good weekend. Mm-hmm.